Welcome to a very, very different episode of A Scary Home Companion. To be completely transparent, my producer and I were debating whether or not to release this episode at all. Because, quite frankly, it's silly. It's very silly. And this is not a show that has cultivated a reputation for silliness. Quite the opposite, I would like to think. The show is currently in the midst of a dark story arc that is spiderwebbing out through the entire series and pulling together major characters from a dozen different stories. Collectively, we are all currently in the midst of a tumultuous and upsetting time. And so perhaps now would be the very perfect time for the show to get a little silly. If you're looking for the same high-caliber, intense horror that you've grown accustomed to here, you may want to turn back now. This is Death Poetry Jam. Bedtime Poems for Weird Kids. Drinking whiskey in the kitchen and telling scary stories around the fire. Music, monsters, and mayhem, killers, cannibals, and cults, fearful fiction and furious fact, tall tales, and terrible truths. This is a scary home companion. This poem is called The Poop Knife. And you have my sincerest apologies in advance. Have you ever, ever, in all the days of your life, gone to the toilet and found a poop knife? Do you know what this is? Do you know what I mean? Because the first time I saw one, I had no idea what I'd seen. I was staying with my buddy name of Guillermo Fernet. I'll have to introduce you if you haven't already met. Guillermo is a solid dude. We go way, way back. But he'd never mentioned the knife or the custom knife rack that was hanging down clipped to the side of his john. Do you know that big humongous, scary knife that Rambo always had on? That's what this looked like. No freaking kidding. Tell you the truth, it was a little forbidding. So I did my business quickly and did not touch the blade. And it's not that I was scared. It's not that I was afraid. I was just a little confused why there was a knife on the side of the toilet. And Guillermo, he just said, Wait, I don't want to spoil it. So I let it go. There was no point in fussing, and to be honest, no matter in discussing, because I'd once met a man who kept a gun under his pillow. So compared to that, a knife in the toilet? That was pretty tranquilo. 
So we ate and we drank over the next seven days and we drank and we ate like a couple of Hemingways. After a while, all the food just built up inside. Mostly because all the food was double deep fried. We were eating mostly red meat and a farm's worth of cheese, along with tankards of beer and takeout riblets from Applebee's. Oh, and all that heavy food just kept getting packed in till I felt I was 50 pounds heavier than when I had first come in. So quickly and quietly, I slipped away to hide. I went to use the bathroom and hopefully get rid of this mudslide because it was a common. Any moment, the explosion was imminent. I grabbed an extra roll of TP to mop up the incoming excess of excrement. What happened next was a somewhat painful surprise because this was not diarrhea. It's sort of hard to verbalize, and I don't mean that I can't say what it was. I meant that at the time I could not speak at all because the thing coming out of me Pushing out of my hiney was like a loaf of fresh bread, brown, bulbous, shiny. With the size and the shape and the width and the girth, it felt every inch like a natural childbirth. Finally, it finished. And I felt rather drained, not to mention a little stretched out and strained. So I reached back to flush and found my next problem because this poop, which was far too big for my bottom, was definitely far too big to be flushed. And I needed to act, and I was feeling very rushed. Guillermo was knocking on the door, saying, Hey, are you all right? And then he started laughing. He was well aware of my plight. I knew what I needed. I knew what came next. I had to cut up my poop. And this left me a bit vexed, because I had no experience with chopping up feces and rendering it down into small little pieces. I stared at the turd, studying Fisher's flaws and faults, looking for weakness before I began my assault. My first blow was pointless. It was like stabbing a bag of wet leather. It must have been all that cheese holding it so tightly together. Unable to flush and unable to cut, I stared aghast at the former contents of my gut. Pinholed vision took over my sight, and I feared that I would lose this fecal fight. 
I swung the huge knife. I sliced, cut, etc. And yet still made no progress in dissecting this excreta. This turd had upended me. There was no way to match it. And then the door eased open slowly, and Guillermo handed me a poop hatchet. following poem is about a vampire and his zoo. Miles and Zoe, I'm reading this one for you. One night we were lost out to sea. It was just my little sister and me. Our boat was drifting, the map was mangled. We should never have ventured to the Devil's Triangle. And then we saw it an island with a dock, but the isle was quite a fearsome-looking rock. We saw on this dock a tall, slender man with sharp front teeth and claws for hands. Good evening and welcome, and how do you do? My name is Cedric, and this is my zoo. Cedric was a vampire, the last of his kind, and he had gotten a bold idea in his mind to gather together all the monsters on earth, no matter their height, no matter their girth. So he found this lost island, a place quite remote, and he started bringing in those monsters by boat. It took 100 years to get it just right, and you kids have arrived on opening night. You were all so lucky to get here when you did. You're the first in line to see my collection, kids. We followed the vampire up off the pier and across the beach to the forest that was near. And before we had traveled not 22 steps, we encountered the first of the vampire's pets. It was a tyrannosaur, taller than any tree. This mighty T-Rex had a shocking deformity. This dino had fangs and teeny tiny bat wings. A vampire dino. Have you ever seen such a thing? Next up are the Peets, Cedric softly explained. They share one body, two heads, and two brains. Pete here is friendly and Pete there is mean. Pete there is dirty, and Pete here stays clean. We approached the habitat full of revulsion and found two Petes filled with far more repulsion. My name is Pete, said one head neatly. My name is Pete, said the other, more sweetly. He's the fake Pete, and I'm Pete completely. No, 
he's the fake Pete, and I'm much more Petely. We walked away slowly and listened with care as Pete fought with Pete about what to wear. Cedric told us his collection of frightening beasts had been gathered from the north, the south, west, and east. And nowhere else were you likely to find creatures so scary they might render you blind. But wait, what's that? Who's that? Can it be? A real live mermaid swimming in the sea. Just off the beach by the end of a river was something so weird that it gave me a shiver. This mermaid swam back and forth in a loop, leaving a shimmering wake with each swoop. She had long red hair and a tail of bright green and the longest, sharpest front teeth that I'd ever seen. Could something so wonderful be so very bleak? This beautiful mermaid was also a blood-sucking freak. She swam to the surface and blew Cedric a kiss. He said, oh, how sweet of you. I love you, miss. Cedric told us they had been married about a year, and she was the reason that her boat had come here. Princess Bloodula supports me, he said with pride. She wants the zoo to succeed, my blushing young bride. With a flash of her tail and a blood-curdling shriek, the princess dove down and swam back to the deep. This is my garden, said Cedric. What do you think? It looked rather pretty, but oh my, did it stink. Giant flowers with roots for feet and blossoming claws climbed out of the ground and opened their floral jaws. These are my favorites, the Venus man-traps. They usually subsist on the dinosaurs' scraps, but they haven't been fed in over a week, so let's keep moving before they see us as meat. Next, we saw a pit full of ghouls, ripping and tearing at the walls like fools. One of them had green skin and empty brown eyes. She clawed at us, wanting to eat brains as her prize. More and more monsters filled in behind them, each craving a bite of a juicy young brain stem. We all got a little nervous and decided to leave, although the next monster proved to be no reprieve. These worms are aliens, as far as I know. I don't know where they came from or where they will go. I have no idea what their planet is like, but they seem to very much like hiding out in these pipes. We looked through the bars and saw something grim. A hundred oozing worm things crawling out and back in. They dripped down from a faucet and crawled up through a drain. Each worm had a face, but none seemingly had a brain. They slid in and out like hideous snails, and the only thing they ever ate was their own tails. Then we ran into a web as thick as my arm. Oh, that's Spiderzilla, 
Don't worry, he means you no harm. Although he looks rather frightening, it's true this monster likes to eat bugs. Not you. The ginormous spider thing looked at us twice and gave us a smile that seemed far from nice. Cedric kept moving at a heightened pace. Let's go before he changes his mind and decides to see how we taste. I want you to try and imagine our surprise when we saw an ooey-gooey creature covered entirely in eyes. It walked on tendrils, slippery with ocular ooze, and brandished a spiked tail that it threatened to use. It's the most ghastly, awful, dangerous thing in the biz. It's so old and so ugly, I can't even tell what it is. It looked like a monstrous angel, that much I can say. And I was told that she ate three bags of cockroaches each day. Cedric said, Don't get close to this last grumpy Gus. He will suck out your brains without much of a fuss. Don't worry, he's actually not as bad as he looks, because he will only ever eat brains after they've been cooked. And since he can't cook, he never eats brains. But he keeps trying to get them all the same. Finally, we had reached the end of this terrible zoo, and now Cedric didn't know quite what to do. Where are all the people? Where can they be? Isn't my zoo something that everyone should see? I said, you can't just sit there and expect people to come. You have to get the word out and tell them your zoo is such fun. I don't know how to do that, Cedric said with a yell. I'm good at keeping monsters, but I don't know how to sell. I said to him, why don't you let us help you promote? All you have to do is get us back home by boat. As long as Princess Bloodula doesn't eat us tonight, when we get back to land, we can start a website and flyers and pamphlets and radio ads. We can tell all the moms. We can tell all the dads. We can sing out your praises, both near and far, and let everyone know what a wonderful zookeeper you are. I'm sure with that, the people will be here in droves. But first, they have to know where it is, don't you suppose? Cedric the Vampire scratched his thin chin. He was thinking and thinking, lost deep within. When finally he nodded and gave us a grin and said, I think a long friendship is about to begin. And so he gave us each a hug and steered clear of our necks. He said, Bloodula, keep their boat free of all wrecks. Make sure these dear kids make it to shore so they can send us new customers more, more, and more. As the mermaid pushed us away from the sand, we saw Cedric waving goodbye with his long, clawed hand. Adios, children. I hope you had fun. Please come back and see me. My monsters 
each and every one. In the episode, Bedtime Stories for Weird Adults, I told you about Gus and how he fell off the roof. The following story is about his son, Gus Jr. It's called Side Effects May Include. Gus Jr. was born to hard luck. Of that, there is no doubt. His very first memory was of watching his father bleed out. Gus Sr. had bad luck, bad temper, and had met a bad fate. Gus Jr. followed suit and had been put on pills before he was eight. His doctor was rather overzealous with the Rx and started him off on Dioxidan, Ritalin, and Parlex. Those pills helped out some. They made him less sad. He slept a little better, but everything else went bad. Each pill came with a warning. Side effects may include. And with remarkable rapidity, those side effects accrued. There was dizziness and fever, and toxic calcemia, Diarrhea? So intense it was like anal bulimia. Rashes, dry mouth, skull-pounding migraines, shortness of breath, and so many new joint pains. And restless leg syndrome, and asthma, and croup, and others, but those were the worst of the group. Each time a new symptom took the wind from his sails, Gus Jr. would be given a new pill to balance out those scales. So he had one pill for priaprism and one for impotence. He had one pill for constipation and one for incontinence, one pill for dry mouth and one for excess drooling. There was even a pill to stop seizures. No fooling. Gus took... Contraliftion for the wild mood swings and Fentiloxion for the angst that the other pill brings. Ballardifan was issued to help with the sleeping. Coconadran was taken to keep him from weeping. Marzagrenadine helped Gus focus on analyses. Webnodrixamine helped Gus treat his allergies. Every pill had another that balanced it out, like how Temacil had Tentostatout. So, Gus Jr. was unhappy. This comes as no surprise. He felt trapped 
by all the pills, the shots, the drops in his eyes. He saw nothing in his future but a grim life of fear. And so when he was a teenager, he made his plan very clear. On the day that he became a man, the date of his birth, Gus Jr. was going to quit all of his meds and face what might be hell on earth. He wasn't suicidal, thanks to all those pills. He had no thirst for dying, no hunger for kills, no. All Gus Jr. wanted was one day with no meds. Although he knew that stopping so suddenly might just leave him dead. That was a risk he was willing to take, a sacrifice he was more than ready to make. The morning of truth came. His pill bottles were empty and bare. He made himself a light breakfast, and he watched the sun rise from the stair. That dawn seemed perfect, elegant, finally born. So he decided to take a, a barefoot walk in the grass to enjoy the morn. Everything went well, or it seemed to at first. Then he felt a, a rumble in his tummy, and it quickly grew worse. And then, on the sidewalk, on the corner, in full view of traffic, something bad happened. And I'm afraid to say it is quite graphic. Side effects had never before shifted the paradigm because the balance of pills had kept everything in line individually. The effects were a victimless crime until this morning when they hit Gus all at one time. Are you ready? I don't know that I'm ready. First, Gus peed from his butt, then he pooped from his wiener. And they weren't thick poops. He would have liked them to be much leaner. And his pee wasn't yellow nor brown. It was blue. If, if you had blue pee, what would you do? Well, Gus puked up all the contents of his belly. Two eggs, three strips of bacon, rye toast with plum jelly. He vomited so massively. I mean, it was like tons. Which is how he aspirated vomit back into his lungs. At that point, at least, he thought the worst was behind him, but then he got lockjaw and his teeth started grinding. From his aching joints, he felt pings, pops, and taps because side effects may include 
spontaneous skeletal collapse. And then his rash came back. Oh boy, did it ever. But scratching at it proved to be an incredible error because all ten fingernails just popped off like tiddlywinks. And actually wasn't near painful as you might think because Gus had no time to feel pain. Too much else had broke. With seizures, then convulsions, topped off with a stroke. There was total renal failure and tremors apoplectic that tore up his innards. It was brutal. It was hectic. Side effects may include tearing your guts, your stomach lining, your perineum, and even your butts. And that's not to mention the onset of genital rot. Would you like me to describe it? No, I think not. With all of the internal damage poor Gus had taken, his belly was like an entrail martini, both stirred and shaken. Gus collapsed on the sidewalk, splayed out on the street. His body was all twisted up, his head curled up between his feet, as if that wasn't bad enough. What happened subsequent wasn't utterly, unforgettably heinous and morbid event. All Gus's guts turned into liquidy chunks. Gallons and gallons of junk that needed out of his trunk. And then, because of the aforementioned damaged perineum, there was really nothing left to keep it all up inside of him. What was inside came outside at a torrential pace and poured out, flooding all over Gus's face. After all of the horrors that Gus worked around, it wasn't the sickness that killed him, nor the pills. He drowned. poop jokes. So that means this episode is done. Thanks for listening to a special episode of the Scary Home Companion. I hope you had fun with it.
This is dedicated to the two men who are most responsible for the rhymes that pop out of my head. Dr. Seuss and Fife Dog. Rest in peace, gentlemen. You can find my show on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or email me directly at ascaryhomecompanion at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show everywhere that has quality podcasts, and while you're doing that, drop a review. Positive one, preferably, but honesty is the best policy, so follow your heart. Join the show's Patreon for early access to episodes, fun bonus material. For example, the vocal warm-up for these poems was a dramatic reading of Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys. That's one of the strangest extras that's up there. There are also analysis videos for every new episode. Buck, Kevin, Monica, Amy, Carol, Carl, Catherine, Joseph, Andy, Eric, and Matthew are all a part of it. Why not join them at the cool kids' table? The episode was edited and produced by Miles and Zoe's dad and featured music by The Pop Winds, Ergo Fizzmiz, Devil Music, No Monster Club, and Chelsea Oxendine with the theme music. Links to all of these amazing bands are in the show notes. Okay. Now that we've gotten the sillies out, let's get back to scary stories.